1: Yeah. live from the Whiskey61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bound Show with Bo Bow. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app. And on your radio. At
2: ESPN 105.9.
1: <laughs> the Soul. Uh good morning. Welcome in. The Out of Bounds Show. ESPN 1059, The Zone. Brought to you by the uh, Bone and Ribba. Amazing selection of uh, bourbon, Kessler Prime, and the Renaissance. Visit KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. Our guests join us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. We welcome in Jason Kern with uh, Rebel Watch youtube online everywhere else, Jason, good morning. How's the weather in Oxford
0: It's cold. It is so cold. I didn't think it, it could snow like this in Mississippi. It's been mind blowing so far <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from New Jersey so when you when you see weather like this you can kind of, I came down here to escape the cold, and I come down here it's even worse than what it was in New Jersey.
1: yeah, the humidity's not awesome. When you mix in the uh the cold, it makes it bone chilling um how did you get to Oxford from New Jersey?
0: uh my car i drive it's uh it's about sixteen and a half hours um but it's totally worth it
1: yeah, I mean, did you go to school there? Are you in school What's i up? did
0: yeah i did I've I've been here since
1: okay well how, what made you pick all this so
0: my my older brother actually went to Alabama. And uh, I wanted to also go to a school down here in the south, so I, I explored my options. I looked at Auburn, looked at LSU, and as soon as I stepped on the campus at Ole Miss, and I was like, "Wow, this place is absolutely perfect!" And I fell in love right as I got here, and it's been, it's been perfect ever since.
1: How long have you been there? I've been here about six years. Okay. Uh, when did you start Rebel Watch?
0: Um, I started about two years ago uh, in my uh, senior year of uh, of being a student here. Okay, And uh, it's, just been, it's been a really cool experience to continue covering just Ole Miss and everything that's been going on with every single sport.
1: Yeah, I think you picked the right time. Uh, you started your oh, tomorrow, Rebel you Watch kidding? and Lane started winning, and uh, that's always a good thing, right?
0: A hundred percent. It's crazy with the baseball championship, basketball. It's finally started to catch a groove with Chris Beard, and now Lane Kiffin's the talk of the town.
1: Um, all right, so walk me through the transfer portal. It's it's been a it's been a success, but there's there's been a little uh, there's been some bumps in the road here recently. Um, walk through the the Tennessee guys and and to Camryon Richardson for me. Start with the Tennessee guys.
0: Yeah. So, number one, big success so far. He's been Lane's been the portal king once again. But it all started with Tamari McDonald, defensive back in Tennessee. He played 42 games, and he was the most experienced player in the portal. And you looked at him. Up and down, he was the perfect guy who would lead this defense with most experience. He up and left and went to Louisville out of nowhere, really kind of just blindsided everyone in the program. No one really saw it coming. And then as of yesterday, his former teammate, the defensive edge of Tennessee, Tyler Barron, uh, who played four seasons in Knoxville, also just left. So both the Tennessee guys that Ole Miss picked up in the portal are now on their way to not, uh, excuse me, on their way to Louisville, and the Tyler Barrett part kind of doesn't surprise you as much because his brother also just committed to play there, so it makes a little bit more sense. But on the Samarian McDonald side, little blindsided by that.
1: Okay. Um, what, were they surprised that DeCameron Richardson decided to not go to Ole Miss and go to the NFL?
0: No, it hasn't really been a big talk. No one really covered it as much as what you would think. Um, because when you you think about transfers and other kind of stuff, it's all about like who All I've been hearing is who's been here so far and who was supposed to come play at Ole Miss. So when you think about that side of the thing, it's really blindsided by what just happened with these two Tennessee defensive players. Okay.
1: All right. So, are you expecting some new additions before this thing closes? Before the May one opens back up, Jason.
0: Fantastic question. And when you look at it a couple of days ago, Lane on Twitter uh, posted a picture of Ole Miss with the number one transfer class, and then he commented, "We're only getting started." So, with Lane, you never know. But as of right now, we there is a sign of a, a Maureen Walker. He was um, he was he's a projected. Breakout player for Michigan last year, but he got hit with the injury bug. He played in six of Michigan's 15 games last year with a total of 66 snaps, all on defense. Um, he got six targets his way and only uh, three, recept- three receptions on him with a pass breakup. So he, this, uh, this Amarian Walker guy, he is got experience. He played on a team that just won a national championship. He didn't play in any of the postseason games, but he's been around that Michigan defense and he knows and he's been around all the other cornerbacks and just defensive backs on that Michigan squad. So he definitely has experience. I think that would be great uh, if he can bring it down to Ole Miss. Uh,
1: So we're visiting with Jason Kern, uh, Rebel Watch. He's from New Jersey, been in Oxford for six years, timed this thing right as he rolled out his show and and podcast um, while Lane decided to win 29 games over three years. Uh, Now tell me what all you do. Uh, show podcast. What 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 all do we we do on a weekly basis, Jason?
0: It's more it's more of a it's, a it's a three people at a desk. We kind of just go over topics. Um, like there'll be like the the first block is we'll go over Ole Miss football. The second block is Ole Miss stuff, and then we'll also throw in some professional, throw in some NFL, throw in some MLB. Just I love to, it. Just to try everyone in the loop because right now it's a, it's, a, it's a it's a perfect time to be talking about the NFL with the playoffs going on right now. Um, but we kind of just we try to keep it mainly Ole Miss. Um, but in the end of the day, we try to just widen the range of what our topics really could be because we're not going to talk about like random NBA basketball in the middle of the season. But like when the topic's hot, we're going to cover it.
1: Okay what What's your favorite um, topic to cover? Is it the football team? Is it football recruiting? Is it basketball or baseball? Which one's your favorite?
0: It's it's been such a mix. Two years ago, it was baseball. This offseason, it was basketball, and now it's football. And it's that's it's the it's so nice being an Ole Miss fan because you get to be excited about the uh, about all these different topics. Because Ole Miss football used to not be that much of an exciting topic. Yeah, you want to cover it, but it wasn't like oh like this is like what everyone wants to hear, and in baseball, we've always been good, but we've never got over that hump, and we finally did. And now we kind of now Ole Miss has became a respectable program with our first national championship title. And now Ole Miss basketball, with Kermit Davis, used to be the laughing stock of the SEC. And now Chris Beard came in, came here, and he said, "We're we came here to win, and we're not apologizing for that." And look at what he's doing. Ole Miss basketball fifteen and one, and they go to LSU tonight, a big road test. Um, but it just shows you that. All, like All these Ole Miss coaches, Chris Beard, Mike Bianco, Lane Kiffin, they know how to recruit, and it's honestly one of the crazier things I've seen in my transmissions from when I got here at Ole Miss to where it is now because it's a whole different way of Ole Miss sports.
1: Yeah, it's kind of flipped since you were a student. Um, we're visiting with Jason Kern, Rebel Watch, on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Um, do you expect – uh, what are you thinking? It's Tigers about three and a half tonight. You think Ole Miss wins on the road?
0: I don't, I don't see any reason why not. It's it's more of a it's more of a battle test thing because the last, our only loss was at Knoxville, and if you actually watch that game, yeah, Ole Miss lost by twenty six, but Ole Miss was hanging around in the entire first half. They should have been down four at the half, and then Tennessee had a uh, an unfortunate uh, buzzer beater three to end the half. Totally killed and blew out the momentum. And in the second half, Tennessee just swallowed up Ole Miss and just took away the game. But Ole Miss was in it, and they showed how their offense can get rolling. Chemistry wasn't there. It's a hard environment. But LSU is not a powerhouse basketball program. No. So I'm not really expecting a whole lot coming from them tonight. Um, so I think, number one, they covered the spread. And number two, we just get the outright win. I just feel like the team is so – it's been battle-tested. You've got 7-5 from Orange Stars. You had nine blocks against Florida the night. Yeah. Coming out of nowhere. I've – us Ole Miss fans have been sitting here being like, "This guy's been the biggest waste of seven five, and he totally just shut me up in the last two games." Jason, nine bucks, Florida. I got
1: to take a break, but we got to do this again. Thanks, Jason. Jason Kern, Rebel Watch. Check him out on YouTube. We are the Out of Bounds Show. Mike D'Antilia at eight thirty on the Saints and LSU. my SEC power rankings this early? Okay, that's fine. We'll do it in January. We were the first to turn the page in 2003 and go pretty much all SEC football. So good morning. Welcome in. We are the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. We're brought to you by our friends Todd Sandridge, Trey Pace. Good dudes. They own what? Jason's Superior Foundation. So we've now been through a drought. Now we've had negative nine weather, whatever the heck's going on. If your foundation is in shambles or shifting, you want to go to Superior, superior superior.ms, Superior Foundation. Now, lunch today is brought to you by the ribs at Fleetway Market in the Market Cafe in Gluckstadt. Or just grab a blue plate. And they've got the grab-and-go, which I like. Y'all know me. I have the patience of a three-year-old. It's obvious. (laughs) I understand it. I recognize I have an insane amount of... um, weaknesses and faults and one of them is i can't wait i can't do it so the grab and go piece for fleetway market in the market cafe works for me i can grab you know a brisket sandwich chicken sandwich salad whatever now a lot of times you can roll through their line and just get a bunch of veggies and a meat and the blue plate and you can head out um but it's delicious food lunch today brought to you by the ribs or blue plates or grab-and-go at Fleetway Market in the Market Cafe in Glugstap. So I see this. Uh, some people have asked why I haven't given a post-national championship now that Michigan won. Where am I on my SEC power ranking? So I was thinking about this yesterday. And um, I'm going to roll through a couple of different tiers. And then I'd love for you to obviously tell me that I'm wrong. Okay. Per usual. Yeah. The yeah. Ag Up Equipment Text line is six oh one eight eight five three seven seven six. I know that Ole Miss is excited as they should well, actually Mississippi State fans are excited. They've got Levy, new offense, some quarterbacks coming in, all that. But they're not in the same place right now, program wise, as Ole Miss, where Lane's going into year five and he's building and he's had a lot of success. But mm-hmm. I know that you're you're fired up about Blake shaping as you should. And the fact that you're going to be able to do some more things on offense, and you're actually bringing back some players you've been overshadowed by um, the players that Ole Miss is bringing back outside of Quinshon Jud- Judkins. But yes, you've got some athletes. They were not used last year, whatever. But you got some dudes that can that shape and can work with. Don't know why you haven't gone and gotten a running back in the portal. I think those are a dime a dozen at the P5 and G5 level. Not that you don't have a couple of guys that can maybe boogie a little bit, but um, I thought that you could easily go grab a, a running back in the portal. You've you've got you've still got a lot of money to spend. But let me go through this SEC power rankings for you, all right? All right, so um, I'm not going to surprise you, I don't think, with, with number one and two. I'm not deviating. I'm not going away. I'm not going to try to be cute. I'm not putting Missouri or Ole Miss at one or two. If they earn it, fine, but I'm not doing that. Number one is Georgia. And if Ole Miss is big and bad as they think they are, and Missouri's as big as bad, they're going to have to you know, figure that out. I think Georgia was down this year, and I think they will not be down. I'm sorry, Georgia was down last year. I do not believe that they will be down this year. I rolled through their recruiting class again yesterday because what was I doing? Well, I was sipping on Estella Artois at 1 o'clock and just kind of going, what do we want to do here? And reading all these ESPN Plus articles, which were really good and fun. All right. Um, so I got Georgia at one. You gotta go get the big boy. And they were down. They 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 had one hiccup. I know they didn't play anybody until the SEC championship game. Uh Bama did what they had to do. Okay. But I'm going with Kirby. And now that Sabin is gone, I'm going with Georgia number one. Number two, no, I don't think Bama's moving dropping to number six in the SEC. Y'all get your act together. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, I actually think they're going to be better on... No, I don't think. They are going to be better on offense. They will be better and more explosive on offense. Write it down, love it, kiss it, marry it, whatever I said it, on January 17th. The Alabama Crimson Tide will be much better on offense. That's not good for you or me. I've got them at number two. Now you're waiting on where I'm going to have Ole Miss or the second tier. Well, guess what? The second tier is a group of teams for me in 2024. It's LSU. It's Ole Miss. It's Texas. I think it's Missouri. And it's A&M. So there you go. And I think it could go any number of directions in Tier 2. All right? LSU was god-awful on defense. They're not going to be that bad again. They're not. Jason and I have talked about it. If they just move up to 50, they almost beat everybody. Okay? If they move up to 40 in the defensive scoring efficiency rankings. They could be in the college football playoff. Uh, Texas is loading the boat. I know Sark isn't great as a head coach, but he's fantastic as an offensive coordinator. He's got a defensive coordinator that's excellent and a staff that's really good, and they are adding talent left and right. Ole Miss is in that mix. One, because of Lane. Two, because of who they have coming back. Three, because of their schedule. Now have they closed the gap enough as far as talent stratification I don't know to make a this crazy run I have no idea. They're going to have to prove it. Um you know they got LSU and Georgia and then it's pretty it's a pretty good schedule. They will they will still be challenged at least another time or two. Uh but they their first six games is a cakewalk. So I expect them you know people to be going crazy but the schedule is backloaded and it will not be all just lemonade and Skittles. It's just not going to happen. Um, but they should have a good team. Now, how does that look with Texas, Ole Miss, LSU? Let me go to a and and m finally has an adult as their head coach. I know he looks like the guy who runs a construction company down the road <laughs> and is very successful, right? May not be some of the bigger ones, but, you know, he runs a $120 million construction company, and he's just a dude behind the scenes. Elko looks like he never can keep his shirt tucked in, but he can coach football. He was excellent at Notre Dame. He was excellent at AM as a defensive coordinator. He walked into Duke. That thing was burned to the ground. He won immediately. That's all I need to know. You can sleep on AM's roster. I'm not. I'm going to be right. They're going to be much better. He's an adult. He's made some good hires. They've added talent. Now, Mizzou, Drinkwitz is fascinating to me because he's such a nerd, yet he has been able to rally a group of donors to give. Um, you know, they went through a very difficult time whenever that was, eight years ago, yeah. got caught up in some stuff that good grief. Um, their student enrollment has plummeted. A lot of their donors said we're done. They've had dorms that were empty on campus in Columbia, Missouri. Give Drinkowitz credit because I thought he was kind of a clown and he'll say dumb, fun stuff, which actually we need, kind of like Lane, in, in the media. But he's smart, and he's got good things going on, and he and Lane are doing good things in the portal, and they've recruited well. Now, can they do it in back-to-back years? I don't know. But it is a team to watch, for sure. And guess who plays them? Mississippi State at home. That could be, I mean... So that's my tier two. Go ahead. Now, it's interesting the way that you mentioned Elko at at and Because he's an adult. Yeah. But, There's a difference. So, would you say he's a... We had Dave Bartu with Matrix Analytical on Monday, and he was talking about year one guys. Year one can make a difference. So, you're willing to say that Mike Elko is a year one guy and will make a difference? He will make a difference. Immediately. He will. And they have a quarterback. Yeah. We didn't really get to see much of him. I actually, No, Connor Wigman can play. Yeah. He can play. They've got dudes. They've added dudes. You're you need you don't be surprised when they're a much better. I'm not saying they're going to the college football playoff. Right, but, right. Although they you don't ever know with because of their talent. But don't be surprised when they're much better, Jason. And you still win on defense. Offense sells tickets. We talk about it on Monday mornings. You still win on defense. Ask Michigan, who just won it. Mike Dettillier on the Saints. There was some moves made, Jason. What's going on down in NOLA? Our Mardi Gras update from Mike D. Right, we're efforting Mike D, Mike Dettelier. We'll see how that works out. If not, we've got plenty to get to. We are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Do you need a video wall for your hospital, law firm, business technology firm? Do you need a video wall for your studio? We have one. It's powered by sound and communications. SoundcomAV.com. SoundCom. AV.com. Want to say good morning. Welcome in. Out of bounds, 1059, the zone ESPN. Our guests join us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. By the way, if you need a, a sound system for your arena, gym, coliseum, football field, or baseball field, then you want to go with sound and communications. What y'all think about my second tier? It's a little bit bigger than it usually is, maybe year to year. With Texas coming in, I don't know what Oklahoma's going to do. You know, we'll just have to see. But uh, Sark and Texas are loading the boat. That is for sure. Loading the boat for the Texas Longhorns. And they were in the college football playoff this year. I know it was a easier path through the Big 12. But um, they're getting it. They're getting it going in in Austin, and Mississippi State has to go to Texas, which is not good uh, this year because they're a top five talented team, top five in the country. Um, Texas. So my second tier, I've got Georgia one, Bama two, as far as SEC power rankings. And then you're looking at Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, Missouri, and AM in tier two. You know? That's uh and that's a heck of a group, all very talented. We'll see. A lot of it's gonna be scheduling for sure. All right, we're gonna go to the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. We're gonna welcome in Mike Detillier, WWL Radio TV New Orleans. And um, Mike D, I want to talk Saban before we get into some of the Saints things that have happened the last couple of days. Uh, Saban stepped down um, after we had you on last week. You got to cover Nick Saban for five or six years. Um, that's People knew about him being under Belichick, a little bit about Michigan State, but he became a household name at LSU. What was it like to see him... Uh, do what he did in the transformation overnight of taking that LSU football program to another level and eventually the national championship?
2: Because at that time, LSU was a middle-of-the-road program in the SEC. Uh, They had struggled under Curly Holman and Jerry DiNardo. The first thing he did was build the levy around the state of Louisiana. To keep the top athletes from leaving, there was a lot of the top players that were going to Florida State, uh, Miami of Florida, Oklahoma, you name it. They were leaving, and he was able to keep those athletes in state. Now, he he did it a certain way, and he had a structure about him, and. You know, he would sort of say the same speech no matter where he went. Uh, It got to the point where if you did a juncture with him, which I did quite a few, you could say the speech as well as he could. It was about uh, recruit and develop players. And he kind of sang that song everywhere he went. And he, he really won them over. He won over the athletes here. Uh, he had a really good uh assistant coaching staff around him. He would talk about talent being one A but building the assistant coaching ranks as one B, having good people around you. And uh it, it took him a couple years and next thing you know, you know, LSU's in the hunt uh for SEC championship and won a national championship. Uh it was remarkable. Uh, of how he swung this program around in very quick fashion. But he had a certain structure about him. He was going to do it his way, and nobody was going to outwork him. Nobody. Bo, he would do uh, different sort of deals around Louisiana. He would maybe do three or four in a day. I mean, he, he was like the Energizer Bunny man he just kept a ticking and he went after it and he was able to get it accomplished and you know he uh he was the the first real building blocks of what you see of LSU today he was the guy that laid down that foundation and did a fantastic job with it and eventually you knew that the lure of the NFL would get him, that he wanted to give that a shot. Uh, And it happened. Miami came a call and then he left. But um, a lot of LSU fans who who despised him later, it wasn't so much about they hated him. They feared him. They feared that he would build that program at Alabama like he did. And it didn't take him long there either. It was a couple years and it was almost eight. Hey, I've seen that rerun of a show before. He did the exact same thing there at Alabama. He just stayed there longer uh, than he did at LSU. So, <laughs> man, he's he's the best that, that I've ever seen do it in a constantly changing world of college athletics. It was you know, uh, you because know, today, when you think about everything that has changed throughout the last few years, he still continued to win. Uh, but working those type hours and putting that much pressure on himself, uh, you, you understand that your energy level at 72 is not the same as it would be if you're 60 years old. And so um, he's the best I've ever seen do it, and he he was able to adapt, even though he kicked at times uh, about adapting uh, to the world of college football and that it changed from he was a big-time defensive coach, run the football, into being brought into the new world of college football, and a lot of it by Lane Kiffin into throwing the football and developing the passing game. But he was able to adapt to it. But when he got in trouble in games, what did he do? He ran the football.
1: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> and so, uh, it, you know, he's had a remarkable run uh, like no one else and Were you uh, surprised? Because, by, I mean, I I'm not saying yes I'm sur- I was Yes, I, I was. I
1: was, but I don't know him. You know him. I thought he would go a few more years. When, when you heard about it, were you surprised that he decided to go ahead and call it now, Mike D?
2: Yeah, we um fixing to go on air, and uh, I look at my phone, and I see Chris Lowe, who I've uh, known for over 30 years. Chris was a beat reporter uh, for the Carolina Panthers when he came into the NFL. So him and I had known each other for that long. and he, But he was the only one that had put it out. And, you know, and so that was a little bit of shakiness at the station of, should you go with this? I'm like, man, what? This ain't no Yahoo doing this. Man, you know, I've known Chris Lill for a long time. He's not putting that out unless he got the best of sources. And so, um, you know, we went on the air with it. Uh, I'll guess maybe a couple of minutes after he had posted it, uh, you know, with, uh, Chris's report and, uh, it surprised me, uh, surprised Bobby and I were on the air. Cause he was like, Mike, it, that really kind of caught me off guard. And, uh, so yeah, it, it surprised both of us to be honest with you. And, uh, he was, you know, he, he went out like he came in, man. It just, uh, big time fanfare and, um, uh, Caleb, the board is a really good coach. Oh, that's, yeah! that's some really big moccasins to fill because all I'm telling you is you could win 10 games and people gonna be upset with you.
1: That's true. Mike Detilier, WWL radio TV, New Orleans. He covered Nick Saban for several years and, uh, he transformed that LSU program, won a national championship. And Miles and Eddie O and and so on took the blueprint, and he's the Godfather. I think where Mike was going, he's the Godfather of modern day football recruiting, as as far as what he did at LSU and then took it to another level at Alabama. Mike joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Mike, any any story you can tell us of of kind of how how he was if you were at at you know Bruce Feldman said if you got him in the right environment he was engaging more of yes. an intimate setting not not 300 people for a speech but if you got him in the right environment then he would engage and actually um very conversational is that what you picked up on during the five or six years he was in Baton Rouge Mike D
2: Yeah no question about it but you had to get him in the right environment because a lot of times if he didn't feel right about it that his conversation was 99% about football, nothing else. But if you did get him in the right environment, then, then he was, and he had a sense of humor about him. Uh, but you didn't always catch him like that. Okay. He, he wasn't always in, into that particular deal. Cause he was so focused on doing his job and, and that sort of thing. so, We had a a speaking engagement and um, it was at a hometown of a young man who was highly recruited. He wasn't playing. And I guess there was a family relative there that pressed him on why so-and-so wasn't playing more. And Nick, you know, gave the standard answer about you know we you know he's given every opportunity. Looking forward to to working with him and getting him better uh, for this upcoming season. And the lady sort of pressed Nick a little bit on it, Oof. not accepting that answer. And uh, she got the full-fledged Nick Saban. If he's that good, he'd have played last year. <laughs> and I mean, you. know, He said it in a sort of a funny way, but you could tell it struck the chord with him that, okay, I I get it. It's a relative of yours, and I understand it, but if he was that good, he'd have been playing for me last year. (laughs) But he put it in a manner that he was trying to be. Uh, as polite as he could about it, but you could sort of see the the, the deal with him that he was telling you, hey, uh, he's maybe not as good as you think he is. That was Nick, being Nick. And uh, so he was he was interesting in questions and answers. And sort of, I saw the first inkling of what we saw at alabama that he was he loved to give those sort of lectures during these questions and answers and but that was the first time i saw it uh that he he kind of reacted that way uh, about you know someone's uh, i think it was her her nephew but you know he she didn't accept his answer and so he he gave it right back. Oh man, I lo- Mike, his... a lot. Mike, who is his? Lectured about hey, uh, why why would you put this on him? Let us do our job, right? And we're gonna get him better. And if he works hard enough, he's gonna see more playing time. And it's like any other job. And he went on with it. And I'm just sitting in the back laughing because I knew it had touched a nerve with him.
1: Mike Detillier talking to Nick Saban on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN one hundred five nine The Zone. Mike, who was the player that that he really leaned on while at LSU that he loved that you know leader, good on the field, um, you know who who was a guy that you felt like while wow, Saban that that's the kind of guy that he loves to have in the program and and maybe was the. Um, the driving force in the locker room for for Nick Saban.
2: I, I can't say that that was one. But when he always told me this, that when I recruit an athlete, I, I'm looking for a leader. I, I'm just not looking for talent. Because he said, you know, coming in here, I felt as though this team needed leaders. And that that's something that's really difficult to find. And so he, I can't remember him talking about one guy in particular like that. But he had a deal when he would recruit an athlete. And I guess it was a sense with him about that guy can be a leader in the locker room and, and motivate somebody else. But you had to do things his way. Okay. And he wanted to know about how coachable. I know of a few athletes that he brought from near my area, and the high school coach would always tell me he would ask them about uh, how coachable are they. I want to know that. I I know how talented they are. I've seen them or I've seen it on film. Uh, And so he, he put a lot of emphasis on that, coachability and leadership now today's world's change, you know in 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 high school football but um man he he put a lot of that on that and it was his ability to keep the top louisiana players in the state he had it um i forget who he told me had done the uh, the breakdown of athletes and of the not of a california or a texas or florida with with bigger populations, but about how many pro players from the state of Louisiana there were in the NFL. And his deal was, if I can keep them here, we're going to win and win quickly. And he was absolutely right about it. And But it was some outside firm that had done this kind of breakdown of it. Uh, and he he stuck to that formula. He ran that ITID Corridor. Uh, from the Houston-Dallas area into Mississippi, the Mississippi-Florida uh, Panhandle, he came up with that particular deal to recruit, and he pretty much stayed with that.
1: Mike D'Antilia on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Um, who, who was he? Who did he lean on? What coach did he lean on the most while he was at LSU? Was it Pete Jenkins or someone else?
2: Pete was a Pete was a big part of it uh will Muschamp was another guy uh was that he leaned on quite a bit and jimbo and jimbo fisher uh those were the three that that I could think of that he sort of leaned on and uh you know he had no connection to Pete Pete will tell you that today he had none at that time and but uh, him and Pete hit it off really well and um Muschamp, <laughs> I always thought was sort of a, a little bit of a younger version of him. They they both had the same sort of personality. And, uh, man, they had a hot fuse. Yeah, they did. Uh, those, those practice sessions, uh, it was clear who was in charge. And if you messed up, uh, you heard it uh, from not one but both of them. And then Jimbo was the, the sort of architect for him on offense. Because Nick's wheelhouse is defense, okay? And so you could understand him and Pete and, and Will sort of all understanding one another very well. But it was Jimbo that, that ran the offense. And there was some maybe collisions at times about certain things to do. I bet. but But they made it work. They made it. They made it work really, really well, and so it was. Uh, it was interesting because he had an all-star staff. Dooley was on this staff at that time, also. Uh, man, he he had an unbelievable coaching staff, and so. Uh, but that defensive staff with Jenkins and, and Muschamp, uh, and along with Pete, uh, I mean, excuse me, with Nick, who really handled the secondary, and that's when. It had started before, but that's when LSU became DBU. You saw it sort of transform in front of your very eyes uh, when with Nick there. Even though they had elements of it before, it really came into focus uh, with Saban. He put a lot of uh, pressure and emphasis on getting the right defensive backs. He felt that was a big key because for a stretch spurrier in, in florida man uh, you you better go up against steve and better match up yeah. but there were so many good defensive backs athletically in the state of louisiana so he was playing to the strength of what was coming out of the high school ranks
1: mm. Let's switch gears, Mike, but I've only got about a minute, but we can do more of this next week um, with the Saints offseason. Mike D on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, Mike, what direction do you expect the Saints to go? Uh, what What direction do you expect Dennis Allen to go uh, on offense?
2: I, I do think we're there Smoked as far with this John Gruden situation. Uh, I, You know, that there's something there to it. Now, John's going to have to clear up the lawsuit with the NFL. But I've always believed that once that's cleared, he would get back into the NFL. And I do think there's a connection there. He did work with the Saints uh, offensive staff uh, during the summer or with Derek Carr, who he's he's had when he was a head coach with uh, the Raiders. So I do think that that is – Something to watch on what happens with Gruden, but uh, you know, again, I think the frustration for Saints fans is with Alvin Kamara, with Chris Olave, Rasheed Shahid, a uh, uh, Jawan Johnson, a uh, Jimmy Graham, and this is what you got out of the offense. Very Goodness. disappointing, mm. and so you you had to make that move. Only thing I can tell you is, uh, you know, people have said, well, he'll come in but not be the offensive coordinator. Man, when John walks in that room, he's the alpha dog. He takes over. If anybody don't believe that, I got mountain front property behind you I can sell here on the bayou. Uh, John's going to be the guy if they bring him in. Uh, so, but I think it's the twist here of the NFL of redemption. Giving somebody an opportunity to come back and a connection with Dennis Allen. Uh I would keep my eye on, on what happens with John Gruden. I think that there's a lot of interest there in the Saints organization to bring him in. Okay.
1: Well we'll leave it there, but I got a lot more to get to as far as NFL next week with uh with Mike D with Mike D. And we've got a good uh, lineup of games this weekend. I can't wait to see. Boy, Dan Campbell, I know you talked about him last week or the week before, but yeah.
2: wow! Wow! And wow. he gets now a second home game, and uh, you know what? I think Detroit puts up a W against uh, Tampa Bay. Okay. And, and what a great job he's done rebuilding that team, and uh, he's the ultimate competitor, and he's a tough guy and the ultimate competitor. Loved covering when he was here with the Saints. He Me- was- he was always a funny guy, but, man, you knew he was a tough
1: guy. Love him. Love him. Hey, Mike D., have a great week. Thank you, buddy.
2: Thank
1: you, bud. WWL Radio TV New Orleans, Saints Insider, LSU NFL. He is Mike Natillier. Bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau insurance agent. They've made it easy for you. Favorites.com, Jason. F-A-V-E. F-A-V-E. Favorites.com. Get a quote in four minutes or less and save with your Farm Bureau insurance agent, Sadiq Charles at 930.